Hello everybody and welcome to today's talk. And today we're going to be talking about what's happening today in the world. The overarching thing that's happening in the world and then maybe some of the things that are related. And this is where I'd like to snap everything home. Because what I've learned in the last seven years is how to see what is without filtering that through the idea of what I think about what is. And so I'm going to lay it out as plainly as I possibly can for you to contemplate and perhaps know that there is a much deeper, bigger, broader perspective than your thinking may be allowing based upon where you are in your thinking. What level of ego, subconscious ego, is there as a filter? Because we all have them. That's part of the human condition and that's what I am here to describe is the layers with which we have the ability to see, to perceive the world around us, beginning with the world within us. Because the human condition allows us to engage on two distinct levels simultaneously. I've spoken about this many times and I will keep repeating it so that it's understood that what we are dictates how we react to the world inside of us because we have a world inside of us over and above the actual reality of the physical, energetic, and mind-based body that we are. Within the mind itself, there's a mental environment. So we have two levels upon which we can be simultaneously experiencing the world. The first level is reality. The reality of what is. What our senses perceive. And these, of course, are our physical senses. You know, what our body needs to determine about what is happening in the environment immediately outside of our physical presence so that we can deal with it, so that we can act within it, so that we can react to it and live a human life on that level, just like all other life forms on the planet. In fact, every other life form on the planet does not have this human condition with a very powerful self-conscious mind and with such a powerful ego which has become subconscious within that, other life forms are direct. We are perhaps the most complicated life form in that capacity on the planet, which explains the disconnect. In the more pieces there are to something, usually the harder it is to be in control and even sometimes know why it's doing what it's doing. And of course, humans are the only species on the planet that can be here, scratch our head and go, what the hell am I doing here? Why am I here? How did we get here? What's the purpose of all of this? What's the purpose of me? And this is, is where the second level of perception comes in, and that is the human mind. The human self-conscious mind has the capacity to take the reality around us and make other things out of it, to make something out of it. We can even imagine things out of it and create things. Hell, look at movies. They aren't real. There's human beings involved. There's things we've built and constructed involved. There's people saying things, but on a very real and fundamental level, they're not real. And that's how far removed from reality we can actually become and how those th two things can coexist. Because we can watch a movie, we can actually become involved in it. We can get excited by it, entertained by it, moved by it. Because it can speak to us on a real level, even though it fundamentally is created from the non-real part of us, the thinking mind. 
that simply has the ability to look at the world around and make something up about it. The simplest and most prime example is who you are. You're born into this world and then you're given a name. And are you that name? Of course not. It's only because humans have learned to combine sounds into words that we can even have words, have language, and be able to communicate and talk about the world. But experiencing the world and talking about it are already two different things. And so, I've explained some of this before, so I won't continue talking about that. I'd rather snap it home so that we can talk about COVID and ego and the state of human society and the state of the world and what is really happening out there based on what is really happening within us. Because it isn't really about COVID all that much, what's been happening in the last couple of years. It's about the human ego. Now, I'm going to be deconstructing other current events, past events from that perspective to give the deeper perspective, the total perspective, and the more realistic perspective on what really happens and what our involvement in it is and why there's so many different layers of reaction and action happening and what the motives perhaps are because there are two layers of motives within the human species just as there's two layers of perception because of course they're connected. Every life form has a primary motive to be what it is and experience life. It has a secondary motive to stay alive, to protect itself. Every living organism is naturally conferred that right, the right to life. And it can do what it needs to in order to, do, to defend it. It can do what it needs to to survive within its environment or to change its environment, to move so that it can access what it needs. And this has been happening for millions of years on Earth. Is environments developing, life forms within them, evolving, devolving, changing, adapting, going extinct, migrating, whatever the case may be. Now humans evolved an inner mental environment which allowed us to tran to transcend, there's the word, transcend our environment at some point in the past because we had to. And this is what nature does, this is what evolution is all about, is adapting, adapting over time, having that adaptation over time being so necessary that it becomes programmed. It becomes part of our genetic programming so that it makes sense for us to just act this way on a continual basis. That's our instinct. And life confers that to us. All life forms. That's the direct prime layer of living. And so, of course, humans have that as well. And we all know that and we all feel that. We get very defensive when our our, our life is threatened and that's on, on a primal level that can happen but we have another layer because of this self-conscious mind that has built this human society that has been so very creative and intelligent for sure in recreating nature into what we see around us cities agricultural systems but almost more importantly what the ego does what our self-conscious mind does is it projects itself outwards, all of this organization of thoughts within of our mind into concepts, into self-important ideas have turned into systems and structures. This is 
governance. This is religion. This is money and finance and valuing things based on an idea instead of actually valuing things on what is real. And by that I mean the reality of a person, a mind in a body with an energy directing it, a unique energy that we are all here to experience. And so let's snap this to COVID. Now, no matter how this virus got to be in the world, and I'll talk about that later, it is. Something started happening. Um, what was it, late 2019, early 2020? To the point where it looked pretty threatening and ominous for the first couple months after it was said that this novel virus was discovered and was affecting people, humans, human health in a negative way and a bit more aggressively than we're used to with such a virus. And of course, in the beginning, that was new. So what does new do? New sets our mind on high alert and anything new because it's the mind thinking of it is almost always assessed as a threat first as opposed to something else. That's become our self-conscious mind's job with inventorying the world around us in general. We have to know something's not a threat or experience something often enough without being harmed by it to file it away simply as a piece of information that identifies something outside of us in the world. And so I watched for the first few weeks. I watched, you know, videos of people in China you know, falling down in the streets, you know, as if there was a plague like what happened in the 1400s happening already in modern day. And of course, some people, people I'm going to say who already experienced the world in an anxious way, in a, in a fearful way, looked at that and could associate that that was a reality very quickly because of what was already in their state of being. I looked at it and I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum. I wasn't skeptical or cynical, but I wanted to know more. Um, I wanted to understand it before I overreacted. And then, of course, things changed here in Canada. You know, there were instant um, restrictions. There was instant instant um, communication from health departments about what this was. And authority tends to speak as if something is 100% and absolute at the very beginning, that's what authority is. Authority is, you know, do as I say. And, of course, I'm a very polite, um, respectful person, one-on-one -on -one and within society. But I can also see a reality that's bigger than that. And in the first couple months, I was still living my life fairly normally. And by fairly normally, I mean, yes, one, I did have an easy situation living on my own, going to work, I work outside, and having clients who I could communicate with without being, you know, within six feet. And so I'd go outdoors, I'd walk around, and it seemed like some days or in the morning I was the only person outside, as if everyone was scared to even go outside. And here's where I want to make the initial observation of what is happening. Because we were told from the beginning, you know, what this new virus was in the world. And it seemed like every day it was popping up somewhere different. 
as if it could miraculously be everywhere on the planet almost all at once. And of course, that puts the um, idea in almost anyone's mind, well, what about me? What about me? Am I next? Is my area next? And so I saw a lot of people out of fear changing their, their, their normal routines, their normal lifestyle. And to a degree, that's very practical. It made sense. But to the degree that I saw people not going outside, um, not going shopping, even, even given the way you could do it safely, which is, you know, to stay relatively distant from people, to not go out when you're sick, to not cough. And I swear in the first few months, and honestly, in the last two years, I've barely seen anybody sneeze or cough in public. And on one hand, that's, that's great. Sick people are staying home and people are being respectful. That's what we should have been doing all along for each other's health anyways. And you're going to see I'm going to harp back on the things we could have been doing and should have been doing anyways that we can take away from this. Because I walk down the street just fine. I wouldn't wear a mask outside. To this day, I, ha I haven't and I won't because it doesn't make sense. I'm not in crowds of people who are sick. Uh, if I was, then I either would avoid those or, yeah, I'd probably wear a mask to add a layer of protection, also knowing it's not the definitive layer of protection without, you know, going into issues about, about breathing with a mask on. But what our mind does and what it's done with some people is the second they have new information and the second they hear it repeatedly, it gets filed away as primary, of primary importance, especially since it can't be 100% known. A virus is invisible. How it's transmitted is in an invisible way. The same way our thoughts can be transmitted to others through words, and yet the ego intention can be transmitted behind and and suffused inside that but the virus is an idea at the same time so the point I'm trying to get at is that yes there is a real virus in the world but the, the idea of the virus very quickly overtook the actual practical reality of a virus existing in the world and because it was the idea it instantly applied to everyone and all humans Whereas it could have been looked at in a practical manner very, very soon into this situation, which I'm loath to call a pandemic because the numbers don't bear that out. Um, if you are doing any actual research, and by that I mean looking across a perspective of sources, which I do. I follow everything from the mainstream news to the most um, delusional conspiracy theorist. And somewhere in the middle, there's some good information, some real information, some practical information that is devoid of ego. It's based on caring combined with intellect. And so I noticed just a few months in that the pandemic could have been handled very, very... Yes, I did call it a pandemic just because the word makes you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> could have been handled very practically. Those who were more apt to have a bad reaction, those who were compromised, the, the elderly in this case, and people with um, health problems, especially those revolving around inflammatory conditions and lung-based conditions, it was obvious quite early on that those people had a worse chance for, for a poor outcome. Now, I wasn't the least bit concerned about my health the whole way along. I'm 54, and I had walking pneumonia three years ago 
which I got past and understood the the root of. It was um, a bit of a an idiosyncratic anomaly of circumstances that happened over the course of a couple months to really challenge my immune system to the point where it was susceptible. And those things won't happen again because I've taken care of some health issues that led up to that. But at the same time, I have not been cavalier about anything, not one thing, with regards to my respectfulness, with regards to the big picture, because I don't enjoy making people anxious, uh, confrontational for no reason, even though I believe I know a fair bit better about what's going on. The trouble is, is that the average person, the average person, has been guided by subconscious ego for so long, that ego being innately attached to authority, which itself is ego. So a lot of this is ego speaking with itself, working a narrative in the realm of ideas and concepts with ulterior motives as opposed to just dealing with the problem. If we had no ego, if there was no ego in the human species, we just had the self-conscious mind, which, you know, in a very real and practical way, just adapted the world to our needs so that we could live and experience life and be relatively healthy, happy, and satisfied, then very soon on, we would have isolated the people that were at risk and analyzed their state of health and addressed their state of health, as well as perhaps giving them a medication that could be used in the short term to alleviate the problem, which was caused by their state of health. Now, as far as the elderly goes, this is just the human condition. We grow old and we, become, we can become more susceptible. We don't all, and we don't all have to. But in general, because of our lifestyle in North America, in the world, in human societies, especially what we will call civilized human societies in cities, our health is compromised as we grow old. It's a byproduct of the way we've lived and the way we've um, eaten and the way we've perhaps not exercise as much. And so those people are just going to be compromised. And yet, still, if you look at the statistics, the average age of death is beyond the age of life expectancy in the West. And that unto itself is kind of mind-boggling, considering because we got told so often that the idea of COVID is, is primary and that it's everywhere and that it affects everyone, well, who is telling us this and why? And this is where we get into the second layer of perception. And that is how the ego identifies situations, how it uses information, and it uses them to keep a narrative going. Because if we would have done the first thing where and reacted very rationally and with compassion for those that need it and allowed everyone else to live their life and just adjust as needed in situations as opposed to adjusting all the time, then we would have been able to cope with this and actually able to call out the ego, which was at the top directing everyone in an absolute sense, once again, as if COVID was everywhere all at once and was going to affect everyone the same irregardless, and that we were irresponsible people if we didn't believe that and didn't act upon that like our neighbors. And here's where the ego ties everything together. The subconscious ego within all of us wants to conform. We want to be nice people. And the irony is, like I realized for myself in 2014, we are nice people, generally speaking. The vast majority of humans are nice. And there's a degree of compassion and empathy that we can express 
without having to think about it. Whereas the ego knows we're compassionate beings, knows we can be empathetic, knows we can be caring, and it uses it, uses us, and, and, and it uses that, that actual feeling we have and turns it into an idea. Because again, I want you to start understanding this is exactly what the human ego does. It takes what has been filed away in our self-conscious mind as information and it uses it. And it wants to keep the narrative going. And if there's a problem, then there's more to do. If there isn't a problem, then the ego is rendered useless. It has nothing to do. And that's why I haven't been able to, haven't been able to, that's why I haven't had any challenges for the last seven years on that level, is because my ego is, it, does, it doesn't get to do anything. I've disengaged it as such. It just doesn't get to do anything because it doesn't help. I don't care if I'm right. I don't care if I'm wrong. I care if I care. And I care if I act within my community in a responsible way to other human beings and to other life. That's my barometer, and it's a feeling-based barometer. The ego has nothing to do with my life, my lifestyle, what I have, what I achieve. Nothing. And that's hard to understand because a lot of people don't have a big ego. They're nice people, but the subconscious ego hasn't been recognized in our species. And again, this is why most people during this whole adventure have been able to be directed by the actual hardcore ego that the people in charge are living from. Because only the ego can act in such a way as to not be concerned about the consequences. So idea, again, the idea of caring has replaced actual caring much of the time. For those involved at the top, health officials, politicians, governing bodies. Because when we're disconnected, we're capable of almost anything as human beings. And we know, just have a look at our history, have a look at the news, have a look at war, have a look at rape, molestation, slavery, inequalities of any kind. The vast majority of these are completely mind-based and there's almost always an ego component about winning, about getting more, about achieving, about being right. And this is the downfall of our species at this point. There may be almost 8 billion of us on this planet, but how well are we treating each other and this planet overall? And the sad part to see for me over the last two years has been how much the average person does what they're told without questioning it compassionately and intellectually. But when the system has brought you to a place where you believe you have safety, security, everything you want, access to food, you have a house, you have a car, you have a job, maybe it had to change, but still the majority of people have been able to kind of go on while a growing, very big growing minority are suffering even more problems then COVID is responsible for as a direct virus within the human species. And again, don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for anything. Contemplate, look up, do some research. This is actually very important. The most important research being within yourself. How are you perceiving reality? And is it fair? Is it real? Are you enamored with the idea that people like you, that, that people think you care, 
or do you really care? <laughs> now, most of us, myself prior to 2014, lived in a, in a mix of those two things. And that's why it's hard to identify where it comes from. And it's hard not to, to not even get defensive until you've let go of the ego component completely. It's hard not to get defensive when you're questioned about these things, which is why there seems to be sides right now and why people are all up in arms when people don't do what they're told. Because I haven't done everything I'm told. Uh, the main thing being I haven't received any vaccines since childhood. And the reason I haven't is because they're not necessary. And it's actually that simple. Now I can hear the ego within other people instantly wanting to have a lot of questions about that. And the questions would be, well, why not? Don't you care? Don't you care about other people? Or wouldn't you feel responsible if someone you knew died because, you know, you spread this? And I'd answer by saying, well, I'm healthy. I was healthy going into COVID and I've remained healthy, if not healthier, throughout it. And I take that, my health, as my first barrier of defense for myself and of offense and not infecting anyone else. After that, I just, I've just been extremely practical about when, when I'm out, when I'm out and about, who I'm out and about with, and checking in with them and feeling out whether or not they feel they're okay to hang out together. And if so, without masks. There's only been a couple occasions where I've been around people where there was an uncertainty and, you know, enough people wanted to wear masks that everyone did out of respect. That's fine. You know, it's not going to harm me. I'm not, again, I don't have an ego about doing it. If I see someone's panicked because I don't have a mask on, I'll put it on while I diffuse the situation or talk about it. But I won't try and convince someone what I believe in the moment because I've learned from past experience that doesn't work very often. And that's fine. There's many ways to resolve the um, the current state of a situation. As Eckhart said, and as I practiced and learned, you can try and change the situation, you can leave the situation, or you can accept the situation. And I use and manage all three very quickly and naturally at this point in my life. And I do have an innate compassion and empathy that won't allow me to hurt someone else when it's not necessary. And so that's why I haven't had to take a vaccine. It's not necessary. And further to that, not only is it not necessary, but yes, I am absolutely skeptical of anyone in this world that, that wants to do something for others, but won't take responsibility for the consequences of those actions. Because um, I take 100% responsibility for everything I say and do in this life. And if everyone else did, we'd be able to get along pretty well because we'd call each other out on things that actually caused harm. I won't go down that rabbit hole right now. It's a pretty obvious one once you look into it, without being accusatory, but just, again, stepping back and looking at the situation. Because I'm finding the people that um, go along the most are the people that are already comfortable on one level within society. Again, the systems and structures that ego has created have made a lifestyle possible for a big number of people, the middle class, in the society to the point where if they have to adapt and change from within what they've got, they're not going to lose much. And so it's acceptable. And I understand that. It's so easy to understand. But this group also is the one 
that doesn't understand that being outside the system can allow them a perspective to realize that even the things they've achieved have been at the expense of something else, other people, other life on Earth, the state of the environment of life on Earth. And that's just, I'm, I'm not here to blame anyone. All of the people I'm speaking of, I respect very much. I love and like a lot of people in this world very much. And I would never um, harm that over an idea because the whole point of what I'm talking to you about here is to not get wrapped up in ideas, but to actually draw things down to reality so that we can deal with one another. And so I hope this brings some insight into the two levels that I've spoken of recently and how they are being applied with the situation right now. And for you to look at the world and what's happening in human society right now and realize what's real about it and what is the idea of what is real about it and how are some people using that idea and how are some people susceptible to being manipulated by that idea. So I'll have to talk in a future episode about what this is doing to the youth of our societies based on the way we learn, the fact that for the first few years of our life, everything we see around us on a repeated basis becomes the way we think the world should be. And that's going to be a big problem down the road for the children who have been treated to seeing a society that is masked up, that's repressed, that... Um, yeah, it just sees the majority of people part participating in when it may not have really been necessary all along for us to do these things, but rather to have been considerate and take care of the actual problem that's happening with the actual people and situations in which it applies. Because we can assess each situation as we go without having a rule about every situation. And I'll give you the classic example I'm seeing right now. Because we are quite... Post the main thrust of COVID of people being being infected and infectious, the virus is doing what it does. It's uh, mutating, and as viruses mutate, and again, don't take my word for it, look it up, they always decrease in severity. Look at the common cold. It's been around forever, and we're not going to cure it, but it doesn't harm us very much. Unless we actually have something else, then it can be a portal to more. But... We can take an idea and we can project it everywhere. In other words, I see people walking around with masks on, broad daylight, fresh air, no one around them. And you can tell they've been outside for a while. Um, I see people walking in the parks all by themselves as if COVID is everywhere. And here's how our two layers of mind work. And I want to snap it home with this. COVID is out in the world. It's in some people. It doesn't affect everyone because our basic health mitigates it. For 99 point something plus percent of people, um, we have a reaction to it from nothing to mild to fairly severe, and we're fine. We get over it. A very, very small minority of people have a severe reaction, and there's reasons for this, as I've explained. Look into it. Don't trust me. Don't believe me. But the idea of COVID, if it's in your head, you can take that with you everywhere, which makes not analyzing the situation in a realistic way. Do you see what I mean? The person walking around with a mask on all the time is walking around with the idea of COVID in their head as opposed, in, as opposed to going out the door and going, oh, I'm all on my own. It sure would be nice to get some fresh air because in fact, that's better for my immune system, which is the very thing which COVID is 
compromising. And if it's already compromised, I'm going to have a worse outcome, perhaps. So anything I can do to improve my immune system, you know, improve diet, decrease intake of chemicals and things which are not innate to the human body, get more exercise, have good talks with people, have good laughs, run, laugh, play, sing, enjoy music, write, you know, there are so many things we can do to boost our immune system that when I see people outside with a mask on for no actual good reason, because there isn't an actual good reason, then it just speaks to me about how we work once again. We can carry an idea of anything with us everywhere. This isn't just about COVID. I'm using it as an example right now, but it can be about something someone did to you 10 years ago. I know people who broke up from relationships 20 years ago and you mention that person's name and they get mad. That person has zero to do with their life and they get mad. Well, what's the reality of your situation right now? That person isn't here. Trauma that's happened to you. It was real when it happened. And I'm sorry that it happened. But at some point, we're allowed to reconcile our life to the reality of the moment and the situation and disconnect from the thought. We can have the thought, but we don't have to let the thought affect us on an emotional level. I've got a lot more talking to do about this subject and these subjects and probably more clarification to do and examples to give to let you know how freaking powerful you are, that you are here to express yourself. As long as that expression isn't intentionally compromising someone else, then you can feel good about it. You can feel good about yourself. If you're having any challenges, as we've all had, as I've had, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, they can be overcome by addressing what the resistance is. And there's a lot of help out there. And if I could be of any help, get in touch. Steve at IlluminatingTheDisconnected.com This is what I'm here to do. I understand it innately, and I can do this all day. It's what moves me the most at this point, is speaking to you about these things so that we can work together and meet up with life and with other human beings knowing that the other person understands what they are and they respect the situation and that it can be negotiated and experienced optimally much more often than it is now without fear, without the idea that leads to fear, but with the actual feeling of compassion, empathy, love, connection, and support at not allowing the ego and the subconscious ego, which I really have to explain more clearly, without allowing those to take the lead and allow for an ulterior motive to dictate. That ulterior motive could even be, I just want to be right. I want to be heard. I want to be in the majority. I want to conform to the rest of society so I don't feel left out. There's much more to life than that. And we've got to do a better job. And that better job starts with understanding what we are, how we work, and how we work together. Take care of yourself. Talk to you soon. Hello, fellow humans, and thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, ever since I got this thing started, which was years in the making, I've been excited about uh, doing this and only this. It's what gives me the most pleasure in life is helping others help themselves. And it's actually what I know the best, despite all the other things I've studied for and uh, have had as careers, as experiences, as hobbies, as connections with life. This is it. So to that end, if you'd like to experience 
if you'd like to support a very simple human doing this, it doesn't take much for me to survive, and anything over and above that that I ever make from this will always go back into helping others directly. And you can support me by finding me on Red Circle Podcasts, which may be where you're listening. Uh, there's a donating information there. I also have an account with something called Libra Pay, where you can find me as Steve Alat, or you can send uh, a donation through PayPal, Steve at IlluminatingTheDisconnect.com. If any of those aren't sufficient or fail, send me an email. Again, Steve at IlluminatingTheDisconnect.com. We can figure something out. And uh, thanks for listening. I really, really hope it helps. And if it does, do send me a message. Thanks for your support.